Hello listeners and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. I'm series regular Ryan and today I am your host in place of Andy as he is unwell. I am joined however by our series regulars Naeem and Alex. Are you guys all right? Who died? <laughs> yeah I'm all good here mate, I'm all good. <laughs> Sounded like you knew in the eulogy. Oh, you probably explain why you sound dead as well. Yeah I mean I've got a cold as well, pretty horrendous but I uh, I pushed on. Andy was a bit of a pussy and didn't, so <laughs> <laughs> one nil. But anyway, let's uh, let's crack on. Anyway, for today's episode, as we will give our opinions on perhaps the greatest transfer window ever, talking about the big names and the clubs, plus some transfers that perhaps have gone under the radar. Shout out to Alex for a lovely little Twitter thread that he done about some transfers to some European clubs that perhaps everyone didn't see. Uh, check that out on Twitter if you do. Thank, but, you, thank you, and check out transfer marks where I nicked it from. <laughs> <laughs> well, first things first, it's time to round up every league from the past weekend. We'll go to Alex first to give his lowdown on French football. So take it away, mate. Um, well, I was in a hot tub at the weekend because I was on holiday, so I just really looked at the scores to be honest with you, Ryan. <laughs> um, I, I mean. I saw, Marcel, I saw Marseille and Guendouzi. Guendouzi got his first goal. Very nice finish for Marseille. I think Saliba played pretty well again. We saw Messi made his debut for PSG. That was fun. Um, I mean, I, I think I've got... I'm, I'm going to hold off on Liga because I've got a lot to say mainly about the transfer window. And I, I feel like we'll get into that, I'm guessing, in a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, OK. That's, that's fair enough, mate. Um We'll go to Naeem then for his roundup of results from La Liga. Yeah, so uh, on Friday there was two games in La Liga. The first one was Mallorca against Espanyol. So as you know, Mallorca, they got promoted last season. They got a 1-0 win beating Espanyol 1-0 thanks to Danny Rodriguez. They actually are still unbeaten so far this season, Mallorca, um, and they... Remain, I think it's fifth in the table. Uh, the other game of that night saw Valencia beat Deportivo 3-0, which also sees Valencia unbeaten this season, um, after obviously I predicted that they would flop this season and go down. But Deportivo, this their, this is their third straight loss now, and they remain rock bottom of the table. We've only scored one goal and conceded eight. On the Saturday, saw Celta Vigo lose at home to Athletic, Athletic Club. Uh, thanks to the first half strike from Inaki Williams. Real Sociedad, they got a 1-0 home win against Levante. Uh, Sevilla, they drew 1-0 against uh, Elche, uh, which still sees Sevilla in second place because um, they are still unbeaten with two wins and a draw. Uh, Real, Betis, Real Betis lost 1-0 um, at home to Real Madrid. Uh, Danny Carvajal got the only goal of the game, and Real Madrid remained top due to goal difference. On the Sunday, saw Barcelona, they took on the Getafe. Uh, they, they remain unbeaten as well, Barcelona, uh, with all the goals coming in the first half, with the first goal coming in the second minute. And before, in the 18th minute, uh, Ramirez got an equaliser before Memphis Depay scored in the 30th minute uh, to score a second goal of the season to make it 2-1. Second game of Saturday saw a five-goal thriller between 
Cadiz and Osasuna, which saw three penalties scored in the game. Um, Osasuna actually did go to go behind twice, but two goals in stoppage time saw them win 3-2 uh, because there were seven minutes added on. So that was probably one of the picks of the weekend, that game there. Uh, promoted team, Rio Velicano, they got their first win of uh, the season with a 4-0 home win against Granada. And the last game of the weekend, so before the international break, so Atletico Madrid at home to Villarreal in a game where Villarreal actually did go in front twice, but uh, an unfortunate own goal and injury time by Mandy rescued a point for Madrid. Um, it was a back pass he meant for the goalkeeper, but the goalkeeper was he he, he was he just missed he mistimed the pass and it just just rolled into the net. And the goalkeeper he, he tried to he tried to get it, but yeah, it didn't happen. So yeah. That draw um, from Madrid um, still remains them, makes them unbeaten in the league as well. So, yeah, that's a quick roundup of the games. And obviously now it's the international break. Um, and, yeah, there were quite a few signings that we will be getting into um, on deadline day in the Liga. Yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, two quick shout-outs that I want to say for La Liga is, number one, is we're seeing... Radamel Falcao go to Rayo Vallecano. Um, probably something we should have discussed a little later in the podcast, but to be fair, I saw it on Twitter uh, this morning and I had to sort of double take really. I, don't know, I didn't know if I was still dreaming or not because <laughs> the fact, you know, it's a great starting for Vallecano. He's only 35. I think I was expecting him to be about, you know, 39, 40, to be honest. But um, yeah, a bit, bit of a sort of out the blue sign in there but another little shout out as well for anyone that likes to watch football documentaries anything like that a very good one that I've recently watched is on uh, the DAZN app um, regarding Ronaldo Brazilian Ronaldo and his takeover and presidency of uh, Real Valladolid it's called El Presidente brilliant series if anyone wants to have a little watch of that but yeah moving on uh, to my domain of Italian football and I'm going to go for a little run of the results from the past weekend. Friday started with an Inter Milan away win to Verona. Joaquin Carrera scored twice with Lotaro Martinez getting the other one. Udinese continued their strong start with a 3-0 home win to newly promoted Venetia. Atalanta only managed a 0-0 draw at home to Bologna. Lazio very, very impressive in a 6-1 home win, again, to newly uh, promoted Spezia. Andy's favourite striker, Chiro Immobile, got a hat-trick. Uh, in the following game, Fiorentina won 2-1 at home to Torino. Nicolo, uh, Nicolas Gonzalez, I should say, scored once. And Dusan Vlahovic, one of the stars from last season, got the other. The surprise result of the weekend was Juventus, who lost 1-0 at home to Empoli. No one saw that one come in. Juventus were quite poor, to be honest, and not the start they would have envisioned. Only one point, already five points off the top. A bit worrying for them. Going on further, Genoa lost 2-1 at home to Napoli. Sassuolo drew 0-0 with Sampdoria. Milan, again, very impressive. 4-1 winners at home to Cagliari. Chelsea legend Olivier Giroud getting two of those goals. And then the final game was Salern Itana, who lost 4-0 at home to Jose Mourinho's Roma, who 
I have to say, do look impressive. I think we've seen the Mourinho effect of that first year really take it to place. I didn't think we'd see it again. But they looked very good, and they looked very good in their first two games. I mean, I would say the top five of Napoli, Milan, Roma, Inter and Lazio all look very strong. Juventus look the opposite, don't look very strong at all. So it could be in for quite a tight race this season if this continues like it has. Um, I should mention as well the Roma win. There was four different goal scorers in that game. And if you haven't seen it, Tammy Abraham's goal is very, very good. And yeah, they uh, they look, look, they could do very well this season in Italy. But yeah, moving on now, we're going to go through a quick run of results as well from the Premier League. Obviously, normally it's Andy's area of expertise, but of course he's not here. So we'll uh, we'll go in from the Saturday, unfortunately. <laughs> um, That's a good yeah. place to start. Yeah, I mean, the early kickoff saw um, Manchester City's A team beat Arsenal's C team uh, <laughs> 5-0. Yeah. Um, less said about that the better I've got on the top of this throw something interesting in um, I've got I've, I've just been I've just seen a, a story a little rumbling of Serge Aurier to Arsenal nope 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 it's not nope. There, there's no way on this planet that that could happen if that happens that may stop me supporting Arsenal football club <laughs> there is no way Edu could be that fucking stupid to sign Tottenham's, what, fourth choice right back? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, I think that's another clickbait article from Sky Sports. I'm, I'm assuming that's where you've seen it. Uh, no, I can't reveal where I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't reveal his sources. <laughs> Sky Sports, I mean, I, I can say it this week because Andy's not on here, so... I don't have to uh, protect the media in this country, but Sky Sports has been shocking this week. I mean, they've gone so downhill lately. Like, they used to be the absolute dons of the sports media, especially with football in the UK. And now, I said on Twitter, like, they're just a posh version of TalkSport because the clickbait, especially for, for, for Arsenal as well, like saying that Emerson, you know, chose Spurs over Arsenal. I didn't see Arsenal linked to Emerson once, apart from a possible yeah. swap deal with Bellerin, and I don't think that was ever realistic. You know, it's you know, they keep feeding these little things in, trying to get Arsenal fans to the bite, and it's working. Especially Carve Solicol, who has turned into a complete prick. I'm not going to say it. You know, he has. You know, he pretended to get a text message from a, from an agent uh, talking about um, Tommy Yasu and apparently that no club wanted him and yet go to De Marzio, who the fantastic Italian uh, football journalist who said, Oh, AC Milan wanted him and a host of other Euro- you know, European clubs wanted him. Tottenham were linked for a long time. So, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, for the record, Sky Sports, if you're listening, I'm indifferent to you. I think you're all right. <laughs> well, that is Euro trips. We have a very diverse opinion on this uh, podcast, but yeah, Should moving on. Go on. I, I was going to say, should we take that to a, another controversial thing? What's in that? The, uh, the red card in between Chelsea and Liverpool. That was a red card. That was a red card. Yeah. I've agreed. Wow. We all agree. <laughs> that, that was an absolute certainty. Anyone who says otherwise, 
needs to really look at the rules of football. Well, uh, yeah, so some people because some people are using different rules to try and explain it away. So it's just something to talk about because some people are saying well, it's deflected onto his arm, and the, the reason it has to be a red is because it even if you can't prove that James meant to get away with his hand, then if Liverpool get the penalty and Salah misses, then Rhys James is illegally blocked a goal with his hand and gotten completely away with it as have Chelsea which is what happened with um, I think it was what happened with Suarez or something well it, it, it happened before with Suarez I think against Ghana in the World Cup yeah, yeah and yeah. Suarez got I'm not sure if Suarez got sent off or not but he, yeah, he yeah, did, yeah he got sent off and the uproar was mental then so imagine if Rhys James has stayed on the pitch so he ha- he, Rhys James has to go it's unfortunate for him but he has to go in that scenario 100% I mean even yeah, this player isn't mine or Naeem's favourite by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm not going to say it wasn't a red card for Granite Shaka, but I felt it was harsh. I know he's gone in two third, um, but it's not like, you know, above the knee sort of, you know, scenario here. Like, he got the ball. He didn't really get any other man. And although it was two third and was slightly dangerous... I do feel like we've seen other kind of tackles similar to that already this season that haven't been red cards. And I'd I feel call it like, a yellow point nine. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think a yellow card, you know, and then a final warning would have been, you know, borderline correct. But I think again, Granite Shaka's reputation, I think, got the better of him there, and I think the referee just said, you know, you're Granite Shaka, you're off, and that was it. And I don't think he probably he probably didn't even care they got sent off to be honest because. You know, it was a shit show anyway from start to finish. It probably was, and he looks happy that he's fucked off to, you know, Switzerland for international duty. He's even happier he's got COVID. He doesn't have to report back to Arsenal. I mean, he's welcome to stay away, to be honest, because... Yeah. (sighs) Cancel his contract and, you know, just be done with it. Well, guys, led your left with literally three midfielders. I I don't think you can even pick and choose there. To be (laughs) I mean, El Nenny looks like he's off, to be honest. Um... Hopefully, hopefully. we. I mean, I, I don't mind El Nani. He's not Arsenal level by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a good backup option to have, maybe. Um, Can we transition this one into the deadline day? Because obviously Arsenal had a deadline day signing. We did, yeah. We'll go on to uh, those in a moment. Um, I'm just going to do the rest of the Premier League results before I get sidetracked. We saw... <laughs> I'll go, I'll go Aston Villa drew 1-1 at home to Brentford. Brighton lost 2-0 at home to Everton. Newcastle and Southampton played out a very entertaining 2-2 draw. Leicester beat Norwich 2-1 away. Perhaps a bit lucky Norwich played all right. Uh, West Ham and Crystal Palace drew 2-2, fucking up my accumulator for the weekend. So thank you, West Ham. <laughs> and obviously, we've just mentioned about Liverpool and Chelsea. They drew 1-1. Rhys James sent off correctly. Moving on to Sunday, Burnley and Leeds played out a very dull 1-1 draw. Tottenham's... <laughs> Tottenham won. Um, Man United won just very, very luckily, in my opinion, away to Wolves, who I don't know how they didn't win that game, quite frankly. But yeah, that's a roundup of the Premier League results from the weekend's. Now, moving on to the things that we actually want to talk about, and that is the transfer window. So, I've nicked this idea actually from Alex and from his TikTok. I've listed 10 names. We're going to rate them out of 10, how good they are. You can 
make up everything you want, whether you think, you know, it's great value for money or whether it's his age, his potential, whatever you might think, you know, you go for it. And we're going to start with Lionel Messi's transfer to PSG from Barcelona. Um, and seen as though he's our La Liga expert, I should say, I'll let Noeem give his verdict first and give his number out of 10. Right, um, yeah, so with this transfer, um, obviously Messi did want to stay at Barcelona, but obviously with, with the financial trouble they are in at the moment, um, they they had to they had to, he had to go go on. Well, he banned down his contract and they couldn't offer him a new one because they didn't have the money. So obviously he's gone to PSG on a free. Um, I think he's, I think he's made back most his. I think he's made back most of money um, from shirt sales for his wages. So. Obviously, on that side of things, it's obviously it's a, it's a good thing. Um, obviously, he's 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 been brought in, you know, to try and get them to win that Champions League. Um, although he's obviously he's uh, he's 34, I believe. Um, he's playing he's playing in a less competitive league to to La Liga, but you know, um, obviously, obviously it's, it, this is the first time he's played in a new league in all his life. So I, I'll give. I'll give um, that. I'll say I'll give it an eight to be fair, because I, th- I think he will do well. Um, and yeah, PS- PSG, they're, they're going to walk the lead. To be fair, they've won all three of their games. They're scoring goals for fun. They still got Ramos to come into that team. Um, and I think I, I think it's, it's does Ramos and maybe just Messi to come back, Messi to come in and be a starter. So I'll I'll give it an eight out of ten, considering it was a free transfer and. Yeah, that and that he's pretty much made back most of the money in shirt sales for his wages that they're going to be paying him. I think Naeem set a fucking high bar. I can't wait to see who gets a 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Messi's, Messi's a 10 out of 10 for me, Ryan. Okay, I'll let you explain further. It's kind of... I mean, Naeem kind of made all the points I would make, but gave it an 8, which I don't understand. Like, I, I don't see... I, I think if you're signing Messi... Whatever the price, if they spent two hundred million on it, it'd be a ten out of ten. So Lionel yeah. Messi, just everything he brings brings on the pitch and off the pitch, it's is as good. It's PSG's dream, and even off off the pitch, or like away from Paris for Qatar, the Qatari sports investments, having Messi like go. Messi's going to be their 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 poster boy now, heading into the World Cup next year it's everything mm. psg and guitar could have possibly wanted so uh for them it's a 10 i do agree with that point to be fair i mean i actually gave it a 9.5 out of 10 the only reason i didn't give it a 10 out of 10 is simply because of probably his age maybe obviously he's still depending on who you speak to the best player in the world he'll still he'll still score unreal goals this season he'll set up loads of goals this season um, if he was a year or two younger, brilliant. But you know he'll still give PSG a good, you know, one, two, maybe even three years. So, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, that's the highest rating on any of my list anyway. But uh, moving on to the uh, next best player in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo, and his move to Manchester United from Juventus. I mean, this was a transfer I never saw happening. To be honest, at the start of the window, I didn't think. Ronaldo would leave Juventus, to be honest. Um, what's quite funny is the fact that it was widely reported that his first choice was Manchester City. 
and yet in his Instagram post, he always wanted to go back to Man United. Funny, Fun- funny how it works, isn't it, in football? <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I'll, I'll start it off. I gave it uh, a 9 out of 10, just below Messi, just because, you know, there's people, i.e., Paul Merson and a few other Sky Sports pundits as well as Talk Sport pundits as well who say, oh, he's too old. Oh, he ain't got the legs anymore. Oh, he can't do this. Oh, he can't do that. Like These people don't watch European football. Nope. They, didn't, they didn't watch Serie A last season where he outscored Romeo Lukaku, who is now, you know, the Premier League god, according to everybody. Like, he, he played in one of the worst Juventus teams over the last, you know, five to ten years. Mm. Still scored 30-plus goals. Like... What more do they want from him? Not only, you know, he is 36, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to look at, it's similar to Messi, like everything he's bringing to the table, you know, his reputation, his brand, the fact that he's you know, returning home in brackets. Um, you have to look at the whole picture. He will score goals this season for United. Uh, I think he'll, he'll score at least 15, if not 20 league goals, plus, you know, in every other competition as well. And at least for a year, maybe two years, he'll probably be, you know, United's best player. So I see no downside to that transfer for United. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. I'll go this time to Alex. Uh, I'm kind of the same with you in terms of it. I really don't get the negativity around this. I think this is one of those transfers that is one of the very, very, very few you can make which can be emotionally driven. I mean, I read into the background of this and what seems to have happened is basically Ronaldo was on his way to City and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer went to Ed Woodward and was like, we can't let Ronaldo go to City. Just like what that does for Manchester. But it's it, just Manchester United's legend going to their rival. It, it, like, it, it's just... Not, not only is it PR nightmare, but also it sends the complete wrong message. So... Him Ed, and Ed Woodward came back and was like, yeah, no, we can go for this. So it, they kind of got the band back together. Apparently Alex Ferguson had long chats with Ronaldo to help convince him back around. I think Ronaldo had earlier in the window had called up United and said, well, I, I want, I'm, I'm going to leave Juventus and United weren't interested. Or, mm. So I, I think he let an emotion rule this decision in terms of we can't let him be in a City shirt. I think that's a fair point. And also, like Ryan said, He's a very, very, very good player. He's got... I remember what when he joined Juventus, they did a medical test on him and they found he had the body of a 23-year-old. Or something yeah, mental. Yeah, something mental like that. So they're not... It's not like they're signing Graziano Pella. Like, this is still an elite athlete who's just going to bring so much to the team. So, again, for me, it's a 10. Yeah. Naeem, what's your one, mate? Uh, yeah, I think, I think this is a good, good signer for United, obviously... They didn't pay too much for him. Um, it was it was, it was just under twenty million, I believe, was it? Um, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo's just a goal scorer. Um, I think that's something that what United need. Um, I think the overall picture, obviously, with Man United, they haven't really got too many winners in their team. And when you got Ronaldo in there, he demands the best. You know, he, he always wants to win. And I think just by him being there for two years, I think. That might get them over the line to, you know, try to obviously win, win a title or maybe a Champions League. So, I'll give I'll give this a nine out of ten. I'll I'll say it's better than the Messi transfer because he's coming back to a to a league he's played in before. Um, was it eleven years later? Um, 
it's it's a more hard and competitive league than the French league. PSG, they've they've they just pretty much bought all the best players, and I think yeah, he's, he will he will score goals because you know he does get into those positions. You know, he just he broke the, the international goal record last night, so he's going to be on a high. You know, he's top goal scorer in the Euros. I know Portugal didn't do too well, so yeah, I think he. He's going to want to prove that he's still got it. And, yeah, I think this is a 9 out of 10 for United. And, yeah, it's going to be a good signing for them. Yeah, I mean, you do wonder as well if he's if he's driven as well by ego and the fact that he's seen Messi move. Yeah. He didn't want all the attention maybe going to Messi. He wanted to go elsewhere and see if he can win that, you know, that last Ballon d'Or, you know, beating Messi to it maybe. I'm not sure if that's factored into his decision. It probably has, but yeah. Um, so that is Cristiano Ronaldo covered. Next up is someone I mentioned a minute ago, Romeo Lukaku's transfer from Inter Milan to Chelsea. I did call him my flop of the season. That's a prediction that would already be proven wrong. And I do apologise already for that one because <laughs> he has fitted in very well to Chelsea's team already. And, you know, perhaps I overlooked you know, a bit of tactical analysis because they do, you know, he, he looks right at home in that team. That was evident against us. He even looked all right against uh, Liverpool as well, even though he didn't, you know, do all that much. But cracking signing. Um, this time I'll let Naeem go first. Yeah, so obviously Lukaku's back at Chelsea. I know obviously when he was there originally, he didn't really get too much of a chance. Um Chelsea, yeah, after last season with Werner and the amount of chances that he misses, um, they yeah, they needed they needed a striker to come in striker to come in. Obviously they paid uh, I think it was about hundred million or 90, 97 million for him, one of the two. Um he's he's already done in the Premier League as well, same as with the with Ronaldo, you know, he'd done it when he was at West Brom, Everton, Man United, although the Man United style of play didn't really suit him. So obviously he's can't, he's he's got he's gone to Syria and he's become a better player. Um, so I think I'll give this one I'll give this one an eight as well to be fair because I think it's what Chelsea need to obviously challenge for that title this season. And you know if he stays fit, he'll easily get I'd say seventeen plus Premier League goals. You know um, he's already got one against us. I know our defence is nothing to rant and rave about, but yeah, Chelsea create a lot of chances and yeah he's just gonna be on the end of them and. Yeah, I'll give I'll give their transfer eight out of ten um, for 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 the Lukaku's transfer. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Alex, what's your one, mate? Uh, I gave it an eight when I when I previewed it. I'm not sure if I would bump it up to a nine now. You kind of said around how well he's fitting. What I've really liked about him is like I saw in the highlights of the Liverpool game how we was really at the centre of motivating the team and just, like, talking to the players. It seems like not only is he settled in as a player, but as a guy as well. I like a lot. I like how he's taken to it all. And I don't, I don't know if we'll rate the Sal one too, the other players moved to Chelsea, but I think Chelsea are in that... They're in that space where they can, they can focus just on short-term because they're long-term secured. And if, genuinely, Chelsea, there is... Oh, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this... Chelsea are in a position where they could challenge for a treble this season, which is weird to say, but they actually could, especially if Lukaku in. Yeah, I don't think many would disagree with that. I think you could probably say the same about probably Liverpool and City as well. I think any of those three teams could all do that. Um, but 
by all means, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm the same. I gave it an 8 out of 10 as well. Just, you know, I made the points earlier about how, how well he's settled into that team already. Um, you know, you could say the only drawbacks maybe is how much they've paid for him. But, you know, to get the best players in the world, that's the kind of money you've got to pay these days. You know, they go for a premium. So, you know, that's probably the only drawback, really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not too much more to say on that one, I don't think. Uh, next up is Memphis Depay's free transfer from Lyon to Barcelona. Um, I'll go with Alex this time. Let him go first. Well, you're picking all the good transfers. I, I hope <laughs> we've got some stinkers coming up because the is <laughs> also a 10 for me. I mean, Depay, do you know, I was actually speaking to Zach Lowey earlier. Um, yeah, he, very good uh, football analyst. He's a... Uh, he asked me what, what, what transfer windows would I rank the highest, and honestly, Barcelona—if they didn't—if they didn't panic on the last day and get rid of Griezmann and sign Luke De Jong—I wouldn't be too bothered by their squad. So I think Depay and Eric Garcia were good signings, and I think Depay is really good. I don't—he's—he is like a very streamlined Messi in terms of he's very confident in himself, and he will—he he can play that false nine role, and he can play it across the front line. And he's talented to shoot from outside. And he, he's one of those players who will hit a target from anywhere at a higher rate than other players. And he's been Leon's, I think, top goal, in this, top goal scorer for the past two seasons. So I, I don't think you could do better than uh, Depay. I think Nine will know as well, because I remember watching by Barcelona on the first day of the season. Depay, like 25 minutes twenty five minutes in, he's trying shots from the halfway line. He's yeah, He's got into this team. <laughs> and he, he's gone, I am now, I am now the dog's bollocks. And... I will make Barcelona run. And he's an extremely talented player. So, yeah, I gave it a 10 out of 10, especially because he's on a free. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I mean, one thing I will say is, and I should have said this before we started this topic, is there is no such thing as a free transfer. Let's get that out there. <laughs> yeah. anyone fair who, point, fair point. Anyone who plays football manager will know this. And, you know, the concept of a free transfer is obviously you're not paying the opposite club a fee but with the agents in football these days, you're yeah. pay, you're almost paying them a fee, especially people like Mino Raiola, uh, uh, Jorge Mendes, and people like that. They're probably getting 20, 30, 40, 50 odd million you know, euros or pounds or whatever to make these moves happen. Plus the signing on fees, plus the wages, you know, the bonuses, the rights, everything that goes along with it. So we'll get that out there now. But... <laughs> I think with the circumstances Barcelona were in, this was the best signing that they could have made, I think, this window. Um, they needed a forward, especially, obviously, with Messi leaving. And I think Depay will settle into that team very nicely. Like you say, he's got all the attributes there. He's quick, he can finish, he's skillful. And, yeah, I, I myself would give probably an 8.5 out of 10. Um, you know, the only drawbacks may be how many goals will he score, um, especially with the, the front line that Barcelona now are going to have compared to what they did have. You know, he's not going to have uh, Griezmann. He's not going to have Messi, you know, Suarez, these kind of players next to him. He will have, obviously, Ansu Fati and Pedri, who are unreal players who have unbelievable potential. But with the likes of Luke de Jong next to him, no. Well, I guess. Mm, 
Right, yeah. Been, after any downside. Yeah, it's it's how many games he'll play this season. That's it. Sorry. Uh, you know, but you know, fair. I mean, fair play to a lot of the Barcelona players for taking big uh, big pay cuts as well for allowing these players to be registered. I don't really think they had any choice. No. Quite frankly, like it had to. Have, it would be very embarrassing if they couldn't get these players registered. But yeah. Um, the next one I'm going to go to is Sergio Ramos from Real Madrid to PSG. Now, I don't rave about this transfer just because, you know, obviously he's one of the best centre-backs of the last 10 to 15 years, no doubt. But his last, you know, years, two years of Real Madrid weren't that great. Um, I think he had a lot of injuries as well in that time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And did PSG really need him? Probably not. Um, you know, he'll, obviously he'll bring that leadership and that quality. But considering his age and everything, you know, going with it, probably the massive wages that they're paying him as well. I, I would give it a six out of ten personally. Um, I'll see. I'll go to Alex next and see what he thinks. I'd give it. Uh, a seven, I think. I I'm kind of with you. When you look, especially stats wise, I mean, I'm not I'm not about to say the stats prove Ramos is bad or anything, but there's a noticeable drop off in things like the like his ground rule win rate, like like basically one v one, and like possession loss per game. There's a notable drop off over the past few years, and as you said, he got injured quite a lot last year. Thinking you know, he made like 14 league starts or something like that, mm. but a he, he he does. I, I feel like if PSG knew they were getting Messi, they may not have got Ramos because in terms of leadership, PR, break like experience at the dressing room, you're getting that of Messi in a sense. Like I look at this PSG team now, and I'm like, it almost feels like you've got too many players in. Where you got like Hakimi, Vinaldum, <laughs> Messi, Ramos, Donnarumma. That's a lot of egos in that dressing room, but. Ramos, still, Ramos will still be a very good defender. I, I guess in a similar way to Kante for Chelsea. Like, even though he's, he's past his best years, on the on that special Champions League night, he will deliver. And that's what I like about Ramos. Yeah, it's a fair point. You know, like I say, you know, he will bring that unbelievable leadership. But as you say, that is a lot of egos to manage. And we haven't seen Pochettino be in that environment yet obviously at Tottenham he didn't really have that yeah they don't really have that many you know egos at that club really um no real troublemakers as such but you know we'll see how he can handle that this season um I'll go to Naeem he can give his opinion on this one now uh yeah it's like obviously no I know it's not a free transfer in the grand scheme of things but I think purely because of obviously experience um in the Champions League you know he's won it four times I want to say I think uh, he's kind of obviously brought in there for his obviously his leadership skills um, I know last season he was injured quite a lot he only he only made 15 league appearances last season so that's like that's the lowest amount he's had since he's been at um, Real Madrid so in the grand scheme of things if if he if he if, they, if he comes in and does a job of getting them to win that Champions League this season uh, then it, it'll be all a good all round signing, but I'll give it a seven out of ten because yeah, it's if he can stay fit to be to be honest. And um, 
obviously whether they, they don't they don't lose their heads in the Champions League like they did last season when um things aren't going their way PSG so yeah seven out of ten for me yeah that's fair some good points there to be honest um I have I did say at the start of this that there would only be ten names I have extended that a little bit now because <laughs> I'm, I've just been going through the list of transfers and think gotta mention this one gotta mention that one so there'll be a couple more don't worry um next one is another PSG signing Ashraf Hakimi um I'm going to start off with this one. For me, 9 out of 10, I think, is an unreal signing from PSG. I know they've paid, what, 60 to 70 million euros for him, roughly. Yeah. But they, arguably, that could be their most important signing other than Messi because they needed a player in that position. They needed a right-back slash right-wing-back who can not only defend but can bomb forward. You know, he is like a train going forward. Like, there is no stopping him. When he's on that run, you know, he can cross the ball so well. He can score goals as he's already shown. And the fact that uh, he's so young as well, and you look at where he's played as well, you know, he's been at Real Madrid, obviously. He's been at Dortmund. He's been at Inter. And now he's at, obviously, PSG. He's only 22, which is unreal. And, yeah, for me, it's a 9 out of 10. Um, I'll go to Noim next for his one. Yeah, I can't echo your thoughts, to be fair. Um, I didn't actually realise he was that young. I thought he was about 24. But, yeah, he's, like you said, he's young, um, 22. He's 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 got good experiences um, playing in, what, f- uh, three leagues now so far. Four. Um, oh, it's a four, sorry. Four leagues, sorry. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah uh, Spain, Germany, Italy. And, yeah. Um, yeah, the money they spent on him, obviously, for... For how long he'll be at PSG for, I think that's money well spent, to be fair. Obviously, he was their most expensive uh, signing this this season, with a, like, obviously with a transfer fee. Obviously, the others won free transfers and whatnot. But, yeah, I'd give this I'd give this one, yeah, I'll give this one a, a 9, 9 out of 10. Um, because, like you like you said, yeah, they, they, they've needed a right-back for, for a while, PSG. And um, they've obviously addressed, they addressed that. Uh, quite well and yeah I reckon he'll do quite well for them and he's already scored so far for them this season and yeah he's only just going to get better really so yeah 9 out of 10 for me for sure I mean again this is someone who is only going to get better with age I think they, if Inter Milan were in the financial trouble that they are in you know he would have demanded you know a higher fee mm. you know p- probably pushing towards 90 to 100 million and even if they do you know have him for two three four years you know, when they sell him, you know, it's, it's more than likely they're going to make a profit on him again. So I don't see any downside to this, but we'll ask Alex now for his opinion. God, when we can talk about the bad ones again, Hakimi, yeah, <laughs> can't wait to talk about Ramsdale. Um, Hakimi, yeah, he's you, you guys have uh, said a lot about like his profile and everything. So I'll just touch on how he's settled in because unfortunately, PSG so far, he's. What I like about him is his speed mainly, which can feel like a cop-out, but he's been a couple of times he's been out of position, which is probably from the transition of right wing back to right back. And he he just gets back so quickly. It's ridiculous. You can't break away against PSG really anymore because Hakimi's just getting back like like a Formula One car. So he he adds so much more to PSG. They weren't needing a right back losses and they had Florenti on loan who was okay, but Hakimi had something going forwards and going back. So uh yeah, I I think I'd rate it eight out of ten. That's fair. I mean, 
jokes on you because Ramsdale's not on this list, but I will add. Oh him. We, yeah, you better add him on. We need to talk about <laughs> some bad ones. We're not we're not going to give eight and nine out of tens all day. Um, <laughs> I think the next. I think the next two will be up there as well, and then we'll go on to some potentially bad ones. Uh, the next one is uh, a big sigh, another PSG signing. Gianluigi Donnarumma. Again, I don't see any downside to that transfer. You know, they've got Kaylor Navas, who is extremely underrated for the job that he's done, not just at PSG, but at Real Madrid as well. Very, very good goalkeeper. And Donnarumma will do well this season, I think, to, to really push him out of that number one spot. Um, Alex will be able to say, I don't know who started the first three games. Uh, I think it's Navas. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think Navas is a very influential player as well, off the pitch as well at PSG. Um, so I think it would have been very harsh to take that place away. Plus, Donnarumma is still very young. He has got a lot of experience, but again, he's still very young. So, I mean, does is... anyone not rate it a 10 out of 10? Or is that, well, a 9 to 10 out of 10, Rob, because I know you've you're, you're yeah. being a bit more strict. Yeah, I, I, for me, I, it's my joint highest with a nine and a half out of ten because it's just pff, there is no downside in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Naim. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll probably give it a nine out of ten. That's yeah. fair. The next one, Eduardo Camavinga. Oh, he moved from deadline on deadline day from Ron Ren Ron Ren. It's Ren, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Either one would actually work. You're, yeah. you're, good. you're good in both. Okay, cool. From Rennes to Real Madrid, reportedly around €30 million, Euros, if I'm not mistaken. Again, what downside is there to that transfer? Like He is an unbelievable talent. And when you look at that midfield, it's, it is stacked. No wonder Odegaard you know, couldn't get in there. Like you, When you look at... Not only have they got, obviously, Modric and uh, Kreuz, who obviously towards the end of their careers now anyway. But now they've got Casemiro, Valverde, now Camavinga as well, plus all the other youngsters who are coming through there. And then the other players who can't even get near that team, who they struggled to sell, the likes of Ceballos, Isco, Asensio in a sense. Like, <sighs> unbelievable signing. And it's, uh, it's a 9 out of 10 for me, without a this, doubt. This will be interesting because I disagree. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said about Camavinga uh, per se or Real Madrid. My issue is I rate this lower. Uh, I, I think I'd rate it a five or six because of Camavinga. Like, I, I think he's taken a huge gamble here. He has to hit the ground running at Real Madrid because, they, like you said, the midfield is stacked there already. Mm. And if you don't make the grade at Real Madrid quickly... You, you like your career can be over. I mean, mm. we don't we don't even need to. We can look at straight away like Luka Jovic, Danny Ceballos, like you've mentioned there. If you don't hit the ground running at Madrid, it's kind of over. And it's very. I think the only player I can remember who's really who's really overcame overcome that is Modric when he when he went and he was named si worst signing of the year and then gradually he overcame it for a very young Camavinga who I think is younger than me. Who's like eighteen, nineteen now? Yeah, eighteen. Yeah, there's so much pressure on Madrid. So I, for, for his perspective, I think I'd rate it a six. I know it's the dream move, but I think he should have gone to another, a more of a stepping stone and progressed his career. Yeah, to be fair, I didn't really think of that, to be honest. I, 
Uh, he is obviously again he is very young and the points you just mentioned there I mean you can reel off a bunch of names who have gone there with you know a certain level of expectation even some players that are now they're there now like Finishes Junior Rodrigo even Hakimi when he was there like great were, shots yeah they were all thrown in to the first team and didn't really like pull up any trees so they were either you know moved on or and they're there now and they're still playing, but they're not, you know, they're not really showing what they've fully, you know, got. Even Odegaard as well. He's he's another one, like, didn't, you know, show his, his potential there. But he went to Real Sociedad. He was excellent there. And, you know, he come obviously to Arsenal and he done OK with us last season. But, yeah, there's some good points you make there as well, to be fair. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I feel what Naeem thinks now. Yeah, like I kind of agree with both agree with both points you've made. Really, um, obviously he's an eighteen year old. Obviously he's coming coming to Real Madrid. You know, pretty much the biggest club in the world. You know, if if it doesn't work out for him, you might see him like end up like Odegaard and be sent out on loan for numerous seasons until he's like finally sold. So. It's a bit of a hard one to judge, you know. Obviously, he done well at Rennes um, when he, he when he was there, um, and obviously he did attract quite a lot of interest from different teams from around Europe. But obviously, he it'll be one for the future because obviously Real Madrid have got a bit of an aging midfield now. Um, you know, Modric, Modric Modric is pretty old now. You know, you got Casemiro and, and players like that. So I'll, I'll give it. I'll probably give it a, a seven. Um, seven, I, I'd say. Um, you know, if he hits the ground running, great. But if he doesn't, then yeah, it's it's not going to work out too well. And yeah, you probably see him getting loaned to here, there, and everywhere. And then, like I said, eventually sold on. But yeah, I'll give it a seven out of ten. That's fair. I mean, it wouldn't have shocked me if if that's what they had done even straight away this season. Like they mm. they they sent him out on loan to, you know, maybe a a Catafé or you know yeah, even yeah. A, even a Sausage Dad at a push like somewhere like that where he'll get more games than perhaps what he would get at Real Madrid this season. Perhaps perhaps not. Perhaps they are going to just chuck him in straight away and, you know, it's, it's sink or swim, really. Um, we will see. Next one is one that will divide opinion. <laughs> um, ben White from Brighton to Arsenal. Now you're talking. <laughs> 50 million pounds. And I'll be completely honest, before... The Euros, had I really heard of Ben White? No, not particularly. Um, you obviously heard him here and there, like, you know, on commentary or, you know, whatever. But to be fair, I think we have overpaid for him. But we're in a position as a club now where we are overpaying pretty much for every player. Let's be honest. Like, we're in an awful position. And even when it comes to selling players as well, we're in an awful position. Because clubs know that we have shit players who nobody wants and they are trying to get them for nothing. And that's fair enough when you look at you know, people make comparisons, you know, to to Liverpool and United. Obviously, you know, Liverpool have got rid of some trash over the years for good money. Mm. United have just got rid of Dan James for what, thirty odd million? Yeah. You know, they have pulled Leeds pants down right there. <laughs> and when obviously you look at Arsenal and we are terrible at selling players, but it comes into the fact that if you're a club on on the decline, you know, playing poor on the pitch, things not going right off the pitch, 
you're not going to command big fees for players. You know, you're not going to get the kind of money you, you want for certain players. And, you know, you have to take all that into perspective. With Ben White, you look at the positives. He's homegrown and English, obviously. Um, centre-back, arguably. Did we need a centre-back? Probably not. We didn't really need to learn Saliba out, but we did. So, um, you look at those. And I think he'll get better and better as time goes on. I don't think he'll have an unbelievable this season this season. But for me... At the moment, I'd rate it as a 6 out of 10. Um, I'll go to Naeem next as a fellow Arsenal supporter. Yeah, so Ben White, yeah, obviously, we weren't really, well, I suppose we were linked with him for quite a lot of a lot of the summer, weren't we? And, after, yeah, we did overpay for him. He's probably at best a £35 million defender. Mm. I, I'd rather ask spent more money and I'd rather spend the money and got Basuma instead rather than buying yeah. another centre back because we could have, you know, gave Saliba a chance, you know, because, you know, he's been out on loan um, a couple of times now, but obviously I'm not a manager, so I don't know what's, what's best for the club, but I, th- I think he will be good, but when it comes to Arsenal and players we buy, you know, they'll start off well and then because the team is just so unorganised, that, that we just bring these new players down to our level and then they, they just mm-hmm. keep making mistake after mistake and I heard he's not really good at in the air either so that's a bit worrying for a centre-back um, but yeah I'll probably I'll, I'll give it a 5 out of 10 I'll, I'll say it's average um, he could be he can become good you know still young and that but with the way we're playing and our manager um, he, he's just not good enough so I'd give it a five out of ten. I can't see him doing too well. I think he'll. I think he'll start off like Gabriel did last season, where you know played mm. well and then he started to you know make mistakes and whatnot. So I'll give it a five out of ten. This transfer we could have got gotten um, Basuma from Brighton. It's kind of weird that no one actually went in for him uh, in the summer, but yeah, five out of ten for me. Yeah, I mean a quick one just before I go to um, Alex is that you know we. We played uh, Brentford today in a obviously, <laughs> yeah, you know, behind doors uh, friendly kind of thing where he did start both Ben White and Gabriel. And apparently they were quite impressive. Obviously, I know it's a friendly and behind yeah. closed doors and obviously all this. But I think, you know, again, neither, neither of those two players played against Manchester City, you know, and when you're playing with people like Kalazanac and Chambers. Chambers and Holden, I mean, Holden and Chambers aren't, awful players they're just not arsenal standard players for where we want to go they're like uh, championship level or maybe bottom half of the prem match or we can't be really trapped we're bottom half of the league anyways so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's exactly that for where we want to go and where we should be going you know, they, they are fight for us they're they? not good enough no so yeah. i can understand why they got ben white in that sense so you know him and gabriel should be the obviously the starting two with yeah. obviously uh, Tierney and uh, Tommy Asu as well but you know he might switch up formations who knows um, we'll go to Alex who will no doubt have his say <laughs> I mean the opinion bit more it's not too bad but I do want to you mentioned the club friendly thing mm. and I do I do just want to clear that up um, because I I don't I know you you did you did ca- you did counter it with it is club friendly of it but I I want to cement that more because I've I, I remember the last time I heard a club friendly um 
sort of news story, which was about a year ago. And it's Chelsea hit QPR for seven and behind closed doors friendly. Ruben lost his cheek man of the match. Could he break back into the side? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it does go to yep. show club friendlies, anything can happen, really. But the Ben White thing, Ben White, I lean more to Ryan. I think you've overpaid, um, but he's, he's decent. He's probably. He's probably Arsenal's second best signing, I think. The the fifty million was ridiculous, like hilarious, but <laughs> he's he, he'll be okay. And when Graham Potter comes in for Arteta in January, no, White's quite versatile, and I think it, I think it'll be fine. I'm interested to see how he does at centre back, but overall, I don't mind the move. So it's a six out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I think one good attribute, obviously, that Arteta wanted as well is a defender that is good with his feet, obviously mm. that can pass properly and not lose possession. Why? You've got uh, Pablo Maru. Fucking hell. <laughs> he, he, he is, I mean, I, I thought he was okay when he came in. Same here, yeah. No. And now after his performance against C, he is up there with the likes of Squalachi <laughs> and Sylvester. Johan Giroud. Yeah, oh, the list, God. The, the list is endless. <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we, we could be here for another hour talking about those. But, yeah, I think, again, like, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, we, if, if it was a Liverpool or a Manchester City, would they have paid £50 million? No. They probably would have got him for about 35 40 because they, they, you know, that's just what they do. You know, they're in a position where they don't have to overpay for players at the moment. Um, they did a few years back when they were building these teams that they are now. But at this stage, they don't. And that's what it comes down to. Um, moving on, Jack Grealish, Aston Villa to Manchester City. Now, there's no denying he's an unbelievable player. Stats back that up. Great player. Is he worth 100-odd million? In my opinion, no. I don't think so. He is homegrown. He is English. You know, all these good things as well. I said about Ben White, but... Did they really need him? I don't think so. I think they could have used that money and perhaps went and got a striker, although from Saturday's performance, they don't need one. But when when there are strikers available out there, you know, you had, uh, I don't know how true it was, obviously you had Lewandowski who apparently wanted a, a new challenge a move away from Bayern. They could have probably bid 200-odd million for Haaland and probably got him. Um they could have gone that way and instead they went with Grealish. Um, in my opinion, just quickly, I would say it's a six and a half out of ten. Uh, I'll go to Alex. Oh, it's quite scathing. But the more you spoke, the more I began to agree with you. I don't think it's that bad. Mm. But it's definitely got worse as transfer number went on. I think originally I gave it a nine out of ten. And you bear in mind, I've given... I don't hand tens around, but... Obviously, I gave Messi, Ronaldo, Depay tens. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were the I think they were the only three from this transfer. Though, to be fair, of all the players we've ever rated, but um, Grealish gave a nine because of his injury uh, track record. I don't like, but I think that's dropped because kind of what you said. That I'm looking at Man City's outgoings and their squad. Like the only people they managed to sell who were playing last season, well, playing's kind, but they sold Aguero. Um, that's it. I was looking. So, it's like, for these, these attacking sort of players, they've got De Bruyne, Bernardo, Silva, Raheem, Sterling, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, and Riyad Mahrez. And 
one off Ferran Torres and Gabriel Jesus because Jesus played at a wing against Arsenal. So there's so many players there. And I know for a fact City wanted to get some out, but they didn't. So yeah. I think all, all Grealish is... I think Grealish would have been rated higher if they had got one of those players out and they got a striker in. But now, yeah, you just kind of think, would they have been better placed putting £100 million on the table, like £100 million more for Kane or for Haaland or getting or trying to get Lewandowski out of Bayern? I, I'm, yeah, I'm less convinced on it. I'm going to drop it from a 9 to an 8, I think. Yeah, that's fair. I think maybe I was... A... A little harsh, but again, I think not purely because of the player, just purely because of the, the circumstances. Cir- yeah, the circumstances yeah. around the squad. Um, uh, I'll go to Naeem next for his rating. Uh, yeah, so with this sign in, um, Man City, they've been filled pretty much all these stats already. Um, I know you can obviously play on play on the wings as well, but I think, yeah, like what you guys are saying, I think they really should have gone out harder to get try and get a striker because. See, I know Aguero in his last couple of years at City, you know, he did get injury prone quite a lot. And although he did score quite a lot of goals, um, yeah, they really, I think they really needed the striker because I know they have scored 10 goals in two games, but they're playing, after that, they they battered us. We didn't really put much of a fight up and they're playing Norwich. Norwich always get battered by them. So it's all good and well scoring five goals against these teams. But, you know, saw against Tottenham how bad they were and, I think they might come unstuck with not having a striker in the team. Um, I could be proven wrong, but with with the other teams around them strengthening well compared to them, I think I'll, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. It's still a good signing, but I, to then take him to that next level to win that Champions League, I, I, I can't see him really doing that. But we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I'll, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Still right, and I've... I've noticed Naeem keeps meeting in the middle of our rating, so I don't care which player it is next. <laughs> I think you should put Naeem first so he can't meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the next one is the last player as well, but it's not Aaron Ramsdale. It is our deadline day signing, um, Tommy Yasu from yes, Bologna. Right, cut uh, it there. Go on, Naeem. All right. Um, I don't really know too much about this player. Obviously, Ryan will know more about him obviously, because he watched, he's a Serie A guy. Um he obviously he's a young Japanese international. I, I heard he can play centre back and right back. Obviously he's going to be playing right back for us. Um, the money we spent on him, we'll be able to. Will we be able to, to get that money back from him? I'm not too sure about with the way we do do with our um, transfers. He'll probably leave on a free after his after we he, he doesn't sign a new deal. But we did need a right back considering Bellerin did go out on loan and Chambers is not good enough. Cedric. He's more of a backup, more than a starter. So I, I haven't seen him play, so I can only really go off what people have said online, and it's kind of been mixed. But I think he's got good potential, so I'll give it. I'll give it a six, six out of ten. I'll give it a six. That's fair. I'll let Alex go next. He can <laughs> give his one. I'd go higher, um, and not just because my standards, I guess, a bit. Well, that's critical. I think Tommy Assisi, I covered him earlier because he was linked to Spurs. Um, I, I think, so there's an interesting thing about Tommy Yasu. It tells of he's one of the most bow-footed players I think you can find. He's, for breath, have a, uh, that's the site I get quite a few uh, of my stat statistics from. Uh, they measure how one-footed a player is by giving 
they, they measure the amount of touches he takes with each foot. And most players generally tend to be like 85% beyond with one foot, right? I think I think like a traditionally two-footed player, I'll try, I'll try to think of one to be fair. I think like uh, Neymar. Or, yeah, I don't think Cazola's on there, but I think Neymar, uh, I believe Neymar still like uh, in the high 80% for his like right foot. Mm. But Tommy Yasu, he's like 67%, which to me means he's extremely comfortable on his left. And I've looked at his heat map. He's actually played a bit at left back. So it's like, I, looked, I looked in the positions as well. So this is a guy who can play literally across the entire defensive line. The thing that kind of takes him down a bit for me, because it's a fair fee, is just I know in this Arteta system he's going to be a defensive right back. and yeah, he's rather he's going to play at right back, and I I think he offers very little going forward, and mm-hmm. it, it, basically it's more if you like Arteta and if you believe in his system this is a great signing. If you don't, um I I think he's just going to become more of a backup player after Arteta if Arteta goes in. Uh, if you if, if you believe that will happen, for, for me I rated it a seven. Yeah, that's fair. I mean I think he would be very well suited to if Arteta goes back to an older formation in terms of a maybe a 3-4-3 and you play him on the right hand side of that back three because again he's not you know he's not blessed with a huge amount of pace he's not going to bomb forward like Tierney but they wanted an opposite kind of player to Tierney They, they didn't want someone who bombed forward and left gaps at the back like Bellerin did um, they wanted someone who would sit back out, outside of possession and, you know, be someone who who cleans up and someone who is very good in the air, which he is. And again, you mentioned it there. He's, you know, two-footed very well. And he's come on a lot in such a short space of time as well. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago. He was obviously playing in his native Japan. Then he went to Belgium. And he's been at uh, blogging now for two years where... He's really impressed. And as I say, like he's been linked to a whole host of European clubs. And I was quite surprised no one snapped him up a little earlier. Uh, just because, again, his, his versatility, the fact that he can play, like you said, Alex, anywhere along that back line, is such a key attribute now nowadays in, in any player, really, no matter what position you play. So, and, and again, considering his fee, like I think we paid, what, 16 to 20 million for him, roughly. Maybe a little bit more with add-ons. Um... I think for me, it's our second best sign behind Odegaard, just because Odegaard is a player that we desperately needed in that position. But yeah, for me, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. Um, moving on to the next one is a player that I don't think many people will have heard of. Um, maybe Noyim may have done. I know me and Alex have done. And that is uh, Iax Moreba from Barcelona to RB Leipzig. Uh, I'll let Alex go first because he's mentioned him quite a bit on Twitter. Yeah, I love Mariba. He's a great player. Um, I, I, I could go into his numbers a bit. Uh, he, he averages like more on a dribble per game, decent defensive work rate too. But for the people who want to hear a bit more of a, I don't know, more of a concise description, loads are in and around Barcelona describing as the young Paul Pogba. Uh, he broke into this Barcelona first team. He's interestingly someone I picked out about a year and a half ago when I was writing blogs on Twitter as an academy player who could step into the first team. And he did, so I got proof from right there. I was quite happy with it. Uh, mm. Obviously, to RB Leipzig, 
it's a boring move because it's so good. But you know he's going to go to Leipzig now and turn into a fantastic midfielder. Yep. I don't think I actually rated it on TikTok, so I'm going to, off the top of my head, it's hard not to... I'd say an eight because... Other, let's all remember Bojan Kurcic, who um, yep. was the next Messi until we left Barcelona and failed. So there's always that element, like being in that Barcelona team, it's, you, you can get carried a bit, but everything that's very, very good. And if you're going to RB Leipzig, I think I could go into RB Leipzig and become like a League One player at least. Like those guys are magicians, they can do anything. So um, I'm, I'm quite pleased with uh, I'm quite pleased with it. So yeah, I'd give it a eight out of ten. That's fair. I mean, I do have a Barcelona Bojan uh, shirt hanging up in my wardrobe as well. Um, <laughs> so I was one who did believe the hype back in the day. And then he went to Stoke and it went all to shit. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10 as well. Again, I mean, Alex pretty much summed it up as well as anyone possibly could. Very, very, very talent- talented. Very surprised Barcelona allowed him to leave, to be honest, because they're not Again, they're not blessed with great players. I mean, they have got obviously Frankie De Jong and Pedri and you know Andrew Fay, but I don't understand why they're allowing all these youngsters to to leave. Bewilders me a little bit, but hey ho. Um, yeah, I'll let Naeem give his rating as well. Yeah, I think this is a, a good signing for Leipzig, and obviously he. Got 14 appearances in the league last season. You know, broke through. Um, Leipzig are, are pretty good with the youngsters that they do bring through. Um, the ones, obviously, that they do sign and the ones they bring, bring through the academy. So, I think, yeah, he's young. Um, the German league's really good for young players to, you know, break through and make a good career of themselves. So, I think, yeah, I'll give it a thing. I'll give it eight, out of ten, eight out of 10 as well. Um, I think, yeah, I think he'll be one to look out for in the next couple of years and you'll probably get you'll probably get a call up to the well, Spanish Spanish um, squad now so yeah um, I'll give it out of 10 yeah I mean if I'm not mistaken did we, didn't didn't we mention him a few podcasts ago because I believe he's chosen to play for Guinea he has Spain. Mm. yeah I knew I remembered it from somewhere um, yeah so we can throw that out there as well um, I like I like that as well. I like that he's, you know, gone out of the traditional route of just going to one of the best national teams and gone to Guinea to see what he can do. So I rate that. Um, the next one, Marcel Sabitza from Leipzig to Bayern. The fact that Bayern uh, took yeah. their manager, their best centre back, yep. and now probably their maybe their best midfield I don't know because Danny Armo is unbelievable but it's so boring isn't it I mean yeah. it's oh, it's it's just annoying how they get away with it do you, know, do you know what Bayern do they're turning the people of Leipzig into BNP supporters like they're just going <laughs> to sit there going we've taken our manager they're taking our best player they're taking our superstar they're taking our jobs yeah it's fucking boring they they probably will end up taking you know Danny Armo and then um, a player who currently plays for Salzburg, Karim Adeyemi. Oh who is yeah, unbelievably talented. He'll probably go to Leipzig. A couple of years later, he'll probably go to Bayern. 
and then we'll be talking about it again. Boring. But for Sabitza, I mean, it, you, know, you can't really argue with his motive. He's going from a team who probably wasn't going to win the league to a team that probably will win the league. And, you know, he hasn't got, like, an illustrious career in terms of winning trophies. So, I can understand why he's made the move. And for Bayern, it's a snip, really. I mean, they only pay, what, $15 million, I think, for him. So, I don't, you know, there's not much downside in, for you know, in terms of Bayern. But, yeah, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, Alex? Yeah, I'll match that. I'll spend as little time talking about this one as possible because how boring it is. Yeah. Uh, Naeem? Yeah, I'll give it 7 out of 10. Um, yes, yeah, despite Bayern Munich doing what they do best, really, isn't it? So, they probably do well there, but, yeah, it don't, it don't really excite me, to be fair. So, uh, 7 out of 10. Yeah, another clean sweep. And I'll just say as well, if Erling Haaland moves to Bayern, I will never watch the Bundesliga again. <laughs> yeah, so same, same, same. Yeah. I'm with that. I'm with that. And was that? Case closed on that one. Right. The second to last one is one that I know Alex is dying to talk about. That is Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, yay! Sheffield United to Arsenal. And although I listened to Alex's points when we were rumoured to make this transfer, and I did say that I didn't really want us to get him at the time because there were better options out there. Andre Onana for one. But just on him, I don't understand. There must be something there why no one went for him. Because he was, he was, he was for, for Onana, he was linked to, to a lot of big clubs last season. Mm. And this season, Ajax couldn't give him away. So something smells dodgy over there. But we'll, 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 we'll stay away from that. We'll stay with Ramsdale. He, for me, has, I know he's only played, what, one game and he was in the, you know, Carabao Cup against West Brom's B team, arguably, maybe they're even a C team, but um, I like his attitude. I like how he's settled in kind of around the Arsenal team. He's homegrown, he's English. We have paid over the top for him, but mentioned it earlier, we pay over the top for every player, so it was to be expected. I think he will be someone who gets better with age, considering that Leno has just got worse really every season. Um, so it was a transfer that made sense. It's just a transfer fee that didn't make sense. So I'll go to Alex next because I know he's dying to give his opinion. <laughs> I've, I've also got some interesting news because you mentioned Andre Onana then. You made some in- an interesting point in terms of why has no one picked him up? Like that did cross my mind. Like everything says he should. And I've, I've I found an interesting, well, interesting slash boring it's because it appears he's already got an agreement to join a club uh, next summer. Do you know who that club is? Mm. Let's take a guess. Take a guess, Ryan. Just because he was linked to them, I'm going to say Leon. Okay. Uh, Naeem? Uh, I'll go with... Um, I ain't got no clue, to be fair. It's a European, European. One guess. Um... I'll go with Villarreal. No, Inter Milan as a Sami Handanovic replacement. I've, really? ju- I've just I've just scrolled past a few like quite a few articles actually, sizable ones. Oh. Uh, there, there, there was what like Italian media report. And Ajax's Andrea Nona will join Inter on a free transfer next summer, and there's quite a few on that. So that's an interesting thing. Maybe that's why. Banging uh, sign in. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh. a good sign. I like that. 
Uh, now let's talk about Ramsdale. Um, I think I was a little harsh when I said to I gave him a four out of ten. Uh, I might bump up to a four point five purely because some of his underlying numbers are really good, and for goalkeepers, that's what you really need to pay attention to. Like he's in terms of expected goals, he actually came up well. But it's just the, the 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 surface things that really worry me. There was a there's actually a really good video I got um pointed to. I forgot the name of the YouTube channel now. It's like an it's like a Arsenal analyst show or something like that. And it, it, a goalkeeping analyst took you through save by save Ramsdale like his good and bad moments. So there are some good ones there, but one you, you can't concede thirteen goals outside of the box. For Sheffield United, when while Ariola concedes four for no three for Fulham, like that's that's shocking. She's yes. a goalkeeper. You can't be doing that. That's Kepper levels of bad. And <laughs> and oh, even though he will improve, like I'm not saying he's going to be a bad keeper forever. I think he will be. Like Jordan Pickford was once this bad too, mm-hmm. but it's just the first. It's just the other options he could have had. Like you, yeah. like Andre and Nano aside, you could have you could have gone in for Ariola. You could have almost definitely got him over. Uh, West Ham and it would have made so much more sense and the homegrown thing is like I, I feel like Arsenal are like one of the the the, the, the top 10 clubs that have to least worry about it like you got Saka, Smith Rowe Ben White coming through <laughs> you got Nketiah still look up you've got Balogun I'm pretty sure he'll still count I think mm-hmm. Martinelli would because he joined before the age of 21 like, I don't understand why there was a lot of um, stuff made about his homegrown thing. Like, Arsenal are fine for that. You've got a great academy. So uh, I just don't, I don't get why Arsenal played so much for him. It's, it's, it's quite, I, I don't know. Basically, if it doesn't work out, then that Emmy Martinez sale, even yeah. though at the time it, Arsenal were in their rights to sell, that will be looked at as like a, a horrifying moment in the football club. But I'll, I'll give it. I'll give him a five to be polite. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I don't know if I gave mine. I can't remember. Um, I would give it a five and a half out of ten. Um, Naeem? Um Yeah, Ramsdale. You know, like Alex was saying, yeah, there's other goalkeepers we could have got out there for cheaper. Um, he might become good, but. Maybe paying that much money for a goalkeeper, it kind of looks like Leno will probably be gone at the end of the season, probably. Um, yep. mm-hmm. So he might be bought in for to be our first choice. I don't really know how I feel about that because I haven't, you know, he's he's been at teams, you know, that have been relegated. So I can't really, you know, their defences have been shit anyway. So you can't really comment too much on that. But yeah, I'm not really happy with it. To be fair, you know, the month, I, I haven't really been happy with our the spending we've done this somewhere in, in the hole anyway so I think it could have been spent in other areas and on better players so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a five I think it's just average at best um yeah I'm not that's happy fair yeah yeah that's that, that, that's fair I mean one person I do want to mention quickly um Gary Neville who oh, good. I and, and I rate Gary Neville as a pundit and an analyst very highly but he said this week he didn't understand Arsenal's transfer policy and where they're going. And that made no sense to me whatsoever because it's quite clear when you look at the players we've signed, what we're going for. And that is players under the age of 23 who have potential, 
who already have a little bit of experience at the highest level. It's 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 that simple. Like how in fairness, in fairness, if there's ice in this window, I'd agree with you. But if we're going to consider every other window, it oh yeah, make, it doesn't make sense because last no. year they were going for the plane opposite and yeah. the year before. So well, I, I think 100%. if you talk a grand scheme, I'd agree with Neville. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I didn't read the whole. I didn't listen rather to the whole thing just because he annoyed me straight away with that sentence. But um. Yeah, if he was talking about just this window, you know, just a stupid thing to say, really. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I can understand it. But we are moving in a different direction, thankfully, because hopefully we won't see any more Didier Drogba comments on Agent Check and Agent William and oh, Agent yes. fucking David Luiz. You know, that, you know, the poor man's Darren Bent can fuck off back to the Ivory Coast <laughs> for all I care. Um, Wait, right. what have I missed? <laughs> he 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 put he put something out I think on Twitter or or Instagram like you know he he, he was congratulating Willian on his transfer back to Corinthians and at the bottom he said oh thank you by the way to Agent Willian Agent Check and Agent Dan, uh, Louise for their great work at Arsenal or something like <laughs> fuck it's just actually, oh my god because I saw his name trending yeah that's hilarious. Wait, that's just an insult to Lois Free. Basically saying they did shit at Arsenal. <laughs> pretty much. It, it, didn't, it didn't make sense, especially to check. Like, I mean, all three of them were pretty shit at Arsenal, to be fair. Yep. But, like, they were, they, were, they were all pretty shit to, at Chelsea towards the end of that time. And anyway, so, like, yeah, he can he can do one. He's not welcome <laughs> to this podcast. Um, <laughs> lastly, but not least, another transfer that happened on deadline day. And I'm going to say it now. It is, without doubt, the worst piece of business by any club. Not just this window, but probably over the last couple of windows. Probably They were probably second, actually, considering who they sold last year. But Griezmann's move from Barcelona to Atletico Madrid. And I just checked it just to make double sure. Obviously, I knew it was a loan, but it's an obligation for him to sign permanently for 34.4 million pounds bear in mind that they sold him two years before that to barcelona for 120 million euros how on earth you'd think they'd have learned from the mistake of giving them suarez the fuck all letting them go on to win the league with him scoring a load of goals and they think oh that's right we'll give him griezmann as well and we'll go and get de Jong from sevilla who's dog shit you're like in what world does this make any sense? And it's keep talking. Pr- I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do some maths on it quickly. Okay. I mean, it's a great signing for Atletico. I would give it a eight out of ten for Atletico, but for Barcelona, it is a big fat zero out of ten because it's awful, awful business. I know he's on big wages there, and perhaps that is the underlying reason why they've let him go. Um, but even still. You know, they're clearing these players out for mediocre players, and perhaps it is just purely financial. But if it was that bad, you know, don't go and bring in Aguero, you know, Eric Garcia, you know, Depay, all these other players on free transfers. If you know you're going to have to get rid of your better players for nothing, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, I'll go to Naeem, because he's the La Liga expert, so you take it away. Yeah, so, yeah with this signing, yeah, um, 
obviously kind of came out of the blue really on deadline day. Um, yeah, Barcelona have had another howler here because, like you say with Suarez, you know, I was like, okay, you know, you, you sold a, a, a declining striker, or, well, that's what they thought at the time, to one of your rivals uh, the season before. And then this season you're loaning out a player that you bought from your rivals for stupid money on stupid wages. I know it was the old president that, you know, he pretty much put him in that financial ruins. But if you are going to loan him out, loan him out to a team that's not your rival because they've just, they, he's, they've just pretty much made Atletico Madrid more, you know, more stronger again. You know, he's, he had his best years at um, Atletico Madrid. So, I th- it's like like you saying it was I'll say it's like a seven seven for Atletico Madrid you know because if if he does well there um he did, I think I think the the fee is like thirty four million euros or something like that um to, to buy him for so they can pretty much use the money that they sold him for mm. although they did get Jao Felix for quite a lot of money to be fair but yeah Barcelona have had pretty much another howler here um I'll, I'll mm. give it I'll give it a seven seven out of ten but um. Yeah, Barcelona, man, and they, they need to start. I thought they'd learnt from their mistake from last season, but clearly not. So, yeah, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Um, and yeah, I think they've just kind of strengthened Atletico Madrid a bit more now. Um, and yeah, they might be able to retain the title, but you know, we shall see anyway. I was doing some maths mm-hmm. um, while you guys were talking. Uh, so obviously, the Griezmann thing is just basically Coutinho two right? <laughs> Coutinho again. So I got me thinking: how, what have, what money have um, Barcelona paid to Griezmann Coutinho, and what have they got out of it? So they paid two hundred twenty-eight million pounds for each player. Damn. Uh, It's in pounds, not euros. So it's probably like two hundred and eighty million euros for each player. And I figured it out: for every minute um, Griezmann and Coutinho combined played on the pitch, um, for every minute Barcelona paid them. Eighteen thousand pounds per minute. Damn, <laughs> that is uh, crazy. Yeah, so it's it's probably like a one out of ten um, from from Barcelona side. <laughs> it's like a ten out of ten from Athletic. I just don't. How how do you not learn your lesson? You loan out Coutinho to Bayern, and he wins the Champions League against you. If Barcelona have loaned out Griezmann, and they haven't got a clause in that says Griezmann can't play against Barcelona, they are the stupidest club in world football. They've literally done nothing, if that's the case. No. It is exactly that. Like there is, it, it can just purely be down to financial reasons why they've allowed him to leave. I think... With Suarez, it was more of a, a calculated gamble. They thought he was finished, shipped it out to Atletico and thought, that's all right, that would stick him up front. You know, he'll be a lamppost and score about five goals and, you know, they'll come fourth. And it was a complete opposite. And he, he still had it. And he'll, he'll score goals again this season. And I think Griezmann, again, will do a very good job for Atletico this season. I mean, they are stacked up front with the players that they have. So... Yeah, it's, oh, it's 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 annoying actually to talk about it. To be honest, it it, it really it, is. It all comes down to if they, if they, I don't mind it because I understand the situation at the club. But if they don't have a clause in there that says um, Antoine Griezmann cannot play against Barcelona, I <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be stunned unless it's like illegal in Spain. Because I know I know Chelsea can do it. I know Chelsea have done it with um. Yeah, you Chelsea can do it. Done, 
yeah, Chelsea done with all their low knees. I know in I know in Ch- Champions League is a bit different, but uh, if it happens, if, if it happens, if Griezmann scores for Atletico against Barcelona again, Barcelona are paying a record signing to score against them for the second time in two years. Um, yeah, when will they learn? Eh? When will they learn? They will soon become the banter club of Spain. They they slowly are becoming that. I think they already are. Yeah, they pretty much are. Right to finish up, I am going to ask you both, as well as myself for the team that had the best window overall, um, whether it's in terms of getting players in that they desperately needed, the value of the players that they've managed to bring in, all of the things that you might want to combine. Um, I'll go to Alex first. Okay, well, I would, I'm just making sure I, I, I get it all up. So my answers are kind of combined in terms of, I want to give the worst as well because it intertwines perfectly. Okay. Uh, I, I think the best. I, w- I was going to say Crystal Palace, but I want to stick to Liga and Roots. Mm-hmm. I think the best has been OGC Nice. See, yeah. I mean, they got Christoph Garcia in the guy who won Lille La League. That's already like fantastic. They brought in Calvin Stenz from Al- AZ Alkmaar. Good step. They yeah. brought in John Claire Tadido from Barcelona. Another good step. Brought in Rosario for PSV. Pretty good. Good defensive midfielder. Lamina from Southampton, who's good on his day. Uh, Melvin Bard from Leon, a good uh, left back. Loaned in uh, Justin Cliver from Roma. Maybe he'll do something. And they signed Andy Delore from Montpellier, who I'm going to get up now. I believe last season he contributed to over 20 goals. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll know why in a second. Uh, yeah, last season he scored 15 and assisted 10 for Montpellier. So wow. Nice have transformed themselves into like top four team. Uh, yeah. Instantly, and it intertwines with the worst one because Andy Delore left Montpellier, as has Guyton the board who's linked to West Ham. He's gone to Rennes, right? Montpellier have sold 50% of their goal output from last season, and they haven't signed a striker or they haven't oh, signed oh. like a, a noticeable striker. This is a club that escaped relegation, I think, by it was like 14 points in the end, which is okay, but not amazing. But they've just sold their they both of these players scored, let like I'm not even considering assists, they both scored. I think 51% of Montpellier's goals in Ligue 1. And to not bring in a replacement, it's just absolutely... It's like Southampton selling Danny Yings and Shea Adams in one window and just loaning in Armando Broya. It's, it's crazy yeah. stuff to me. So as Nice as Nice succeeds, Montpellier may fail. I, I fully agree. I mean, I would say in general, though, that Ligue 1 has had a very, very good window when you look at all the clubs combined, I think the only teams like you mentioned there, Montpellier and probably Leon. I don't. Yeah, Leon have been shit. Leon have had a shocker, and they look like they are rapidly going downhill very quickly unless they change things up. But when you look at the other teams, as you say, you know Nice have had a great window. PSG are just PSG had an amazing window. Uh, Marseille have had a very very good window as well, and. Just in general, like I think, I think all like, the rich teams in league are have benefited from the current crisis, and all the poor teams have kind of, yeah, they've, had, they've been made to sell. But I think even even Ren in there, like they got Laborde in. I think they got they sold Camavinga. I can't remember the other players. They got a guy. I think his name's Sulemana, who Ajax are trying to battle for. Like mm. the, the rich teams in league have benefited from this TV crisis. Is is a it's very harsh capitalism, but. 
it's going to propel the league forward, but it's going to leave some pretty well-established clubs behind. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'll go next for my best team, and I'll also give my worst team, fuck it. Um, so basically, you've got obviously the likes of PSG, you've got Man United, you know, they've had good windows, fair enough. But one team that I've mentioned already that have had a, have a very good window, but hasn't really been mentioned about too much, is AC Milan. Like, when you look at, especially on deadline day, who they got in. But I run through the names. Fikayo uh, Tamori, uh, Mike Manganen, Sandro Tonelli, um, Balo Torre, Brahim Diaz, uh, Olivier Giroud, Alessandro Florenzi, uh, Pellegrini from Monaco. And then you look at the deadline day one as well. Yassine Adli from Bordeaux for around 7 million. I believe like it was only a year or two ago he was highly touted because I think he went from PSG to Bordeaux. Am I right, Alex? I think you are. You are right. Yeah, he is an excellent talent and they've had a similar window in terms of what Arsenal have done as well. Dave Milan's been better because they've got the better players. But they've gone through down a similar route and going through young players with a lot of potential. You know, the high, I mean, the oldest player there was obviously Giroud at 34 and Florenzi was 30. But Pellegrini, 20. Brahim Diaz, 21. Balotore, 24. Tonali, 21. Adley, 21. Tamori, 23. Manganen, 25. Very young for a goalkeeper. So... And not with, and with, and they haven't really outlaid a lot of money either. I mean, Tomori was 26 million, but you know, Manganum was 11 million, Adley 7 million, Tonali 6 million. Unbelievable business for him. And then just the other ones as well. It's just, I think they've had a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant window. Um, I'm just trying to think of my worst. I'm going to let Naeem go next. What I think on the worst. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'll probably say the best one, in my opinion, I'll go with Aston Villa. Um, although, obviously, I know they did lose Jack Grealish, um, I think uh, players that they have brought in have been, well, Danny Ings has hit the ground hit the ground running already so far. I know he's already got two goals. Uh, also, they got uh, Leon Bailey came in from Leverkusen. They brought Wendy in, a player that we were looking at. Um, they brought back Ashley Young on a free transfer. Obviously, I know he's quite old but you know he's, he's got the experience um of obviously playing already in the premier league and obviously won scudetto last season and also they brought also brought in twan zabi from uh man united on a season long loan as well uh he could he could be a good backup center back and um yeah i just feel like the, the business that they've done is quite smart as well um you know they brought in players that can come straight into the squad as well and they haven't spent well they spent I think just under 100 million to be fair so mm. yeah they're the best and the worst i'd probably say is i'll probably say arsenal probably <laughs> um it's all good and well you know bringing these bringing all these young players in for the future and whatnot but it, it if arteta gets sacked which he probably will um it's just gonna when the next manager comes in is he gonna really want to play like all these young players um we we've overspent on certain players and we've could have got different players so I think we've obviously we spent the most out of all the teams in Europe as well um, 
and the team has slightly slightly approved as well. So Aston Villa for the best, and I'll say Arsenal for the worst. That's fair. Um, I don't really know why it took me so long to think of the worst team because I've already mentioned them. It's Barcelona. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, when, when you look at that incomings, Ugh. there is only two that I like, and that's Memphis Depay and a young 18-year-old called Youssef Demir, who's very, very talented, but obviously probably won't be near the first team this season. But the other signings they've made, I don't rate at all. And You don't rate Carrick Garcia? Mm, maybe, in, in a sense. But he wasn't really... I know he was like he, he was leaving Manchester City for a long time, so that obviously played a part as to why they didn't play him, I suppose. But did he really break into that team like as a as a start? I know he's young, but... He did play in the Euros, to be fair. Yeah. yeah See, I, I, I think Barcelona have had the most hilarious one, but I think Newcastle may have had the shittest window. <laughs> yeah, I'd go along with that. Um... Yeah, they haven't really done. I mean, from an Arsenal perspective, how happy were you when you got like twenty five mil for Joe Willock? Yeah, I mean, it was. I can't understand any Arsenal fan complaining about that because that's a great fee for a player who, you know, yeah, he went and scored a you know seven or eight goals in a row at Newcastle. Uh, will he go and do that this season? Probably not. Will he? Was he going to get an Arsenal's first team? Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> this, this is what I mean. So, great business there. But when you look at just on Barcelona's outgoings, it's mm. astonishing. Like, obviously, they got rid of Emerson, you know, Junior Firpo, fair enough. John Claire, uh, Tadebo, obviously, Denise. They didn't really get a lot for him. Carlos Elena to Getafe, another product of their academy, four million pounds. Juan Miranda. Another talented left back, Terrell Betis on a free, Messi to PSG on a free, Mateus Fernandez back to Brazil on a free, Francisco Trincao to Wolves on a loan, and Griezmann on a loan to Atletico Madrid with an option obviously to buy. Like that is fucking awful. It really is. Like there's nothing good about the, any of those outgoings in my opinion. They've not really what they got in. 48 million, I think, from all those outgoings. Oh, <laughs> like, that's a fucking tiny amount. That is so, <laughs> so poor. I, like, I, want, I want to throw another team out there, though. It's like, Barcelona's rivals, Madrid. They have, they didn't bring Mbappe in, but they yeah. sold Varane, Erdegaard, and let go of Ramos and sent Audrey Zola and Kubo on loan. And it just kind of follows the trend, it, the public trend of, they're, they're building the Mbappe fund, but in doing so, they're just selling off all of their youth. And if it, <laughs> if they don't get Mbappe, it's a big if. But if they don't get him, it's gonna it, it'll set them back a few years. Which they already are already in well, there. So I agree with that actually because looking, I mean, yeah, they did bring in Camavinga and Alaba. But that's it. That is it. Like those are the only rivals since 2019. Yeah, look, and then you look as you mentioned their departures. Varane, who, yeah, you know, I don't understand why they, they sold him for a small amount as well, considering he is an elite centre-back, 36 million is nothing. Like, Odegaard, they probably could have got more out of Arsenal for him as well. Brahim Diaz is better than Isco and Asensio, yet they loaned him to Milan. 
<laughs> Ramos. I, I think they wanted to keep Ramos, but uh, yeah. they just couldn't. Um, Audrey Zola to Fiorentina on a loan made zero sense. I thought he was a lot younger. He's 25. Like, either sell him or keep him. Like, he's not a bad player. Um, even Kubo, young 20-year-old right winger, loaned him to Mallorca, who... He's, that, he was brilliant in the Olympics. He was he was very good last season as, as well, as, if I'm not mistaken. Um, again, like, you look at... that. They, they only brought in 70 million from all those outgoings, and they spent... They they only spent twenty seven, and that was just on Camavinga. On on Erdegaard yeah. as well. Erdegaard should never have gone for that little. No. Erdegaard's been a like just his name alone brings so much. I can't believe that. But also to any Madrid fan, because I think Madrid fans get a bit touchy on like on this because especially after the Super League, they're like, oh, our, our, our team we we're going bankrupt and things. This might be a nice place to end. Yeah, I don't know if you had any more to say, but. I've just had a look. Um, so they in 2019 they signed Luka Jovic, Rodrigo, uh, Renier, and Alberto Soro. Um, do, do you want to guess how much they spent on those four players? I know Luka Jovic was like 60 odd. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say over 100 million. Yeah, I'm going to say 140. Bang on. Four Jesus. I know that, I knew they paid a lot for Rodrigo as well. They spent forty and a half million on Rodrigo, uh, twenty-seven million on Renier, uh, who's nineteen on Lola Dortmund, and two and a half million on Alberto Soro, who he's literally just a bloke. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I mean, when you look at it, like in terms of when, which which leagues in general have had the best and worst windows, I think you can say. Sharing the top spot is the Premier League and League yeah. One, and towards the bottom, oh, La Liga's La Liga. bottom. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I can only think of Atletico and maybe Betis and Villarreal. I'd say and Villarreal. Got, yeah, Villarreal yeah. got some interesting players in. That's it. Yeah, who had decent windows. And one, what before we finish, because this has gone on a lot longer than I anticipated, is <laughs> a player that. Recently left Valencia, uh, Lee Kang In, who, as many football manager people will know, is an unreal talent. And yet, this window, only I think it was last week, Valencia cancelled his contract and he's gone to Mallorca on a free. And that doesn't make any sense considering <laughs> the state that Valencia in, and yet somehow are they. Are they top or the second, third maybe? Uh, they've drawn uh, drawn one and uh, one. Yeah, I think they got seven points. Yeah, so yeah, yeah they're near the top anyway. Yeah. Like, they've had a strong start. Like that. That was just some. I mean, maybe something's gone on that I haven't. I haven't really done any research into it. But it. I was so so surprised. Um, it's worth that, nine million as well. Like you, you could have got something in the. Uh, in 2019, he won the 2019 FIFA Under 20s World Cup Golden Ball Award. Like, yeah, yeah, a play, player of the tournament Under 20 World Cup, I think. Yeah, and yet they've let him go for nothing. 2019 Asian Young Football of the Year as well. <laughs> wow, crazy. La Liga have just had a stinker. Stinker, they there. haven't there, did they? Yeah, sorry, no aim, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting league to follow this season. <laughs> 
that it will. Um, I think that just about wraps it all up for this podcast. We've done a good hour, 40 minutes. If you're still with us to this point, congratulations. If you gave <laughs> up a little while ago, fair enough. Um, next week, we'll be back with the normal... Uh, obviously, there won't be a roundup because it's the international break, but we'll crack on as well with some more transfers. We're going to go through, hopefully, some transfers that people haven't really spoken about too much. We haven't really got a chance to talk about that today as we went through all the big hitters. But hopefully as well, we'll have uh, Andrew Davis back with us as host. But until then, I have been Ryan. It's been Alex and Naeem. Thank you for listening and see you next time. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.